All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the Quality Control Show. As always, it's your hosts, Solomon and Zach. And today, we're going to continue the, the Gulf Shores saga. <laughs> we're on location here on the dock. Might be some background noise, a little bit of tropical wind. <laughs> but just know that the, uh, the weather here is pristine. Yes, we're enjoying the nice sun right now out on the dock with the waves in the background. Yeah. These, these conditions are nominal casting conditions. So, we're going to break down a movie that we saw recently, The Green Knight, an A24 film that was recently released. One that we were both really excited for. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, is that you were the one who sent me the trailer and was like, hey, we definitely need to check this out. It looked really interesting. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it looked like a really cool take on an Arthurian legend. It was stuff I'm pretty into. And like you could tell that they had some creative stuff going on with the set pieces and the cinematography. I was excited. Now, here's the thing. I didn't have, I, I guess, quite the background information on A24 as a studio. I knew yeah. of like I knew of like Hereditary and Midsummer, but those are horror movies. So I thought those were good. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but this this film, when you compare it to what they advertise in the trailers, is a little... Not quite what you get. I mean, it's it's misleading for sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of it felt like false advertisement to me. I was, I mean, Zach said he saw me like halfway through the movie, just like just yeah, looked at me. Solomon was like, "We definitely need to go see this," and we were both excited going in. And then halfway through the movie, I look over at Solomon, and he is just hand, face in fist, just pissed off <laughs> watching this. It. Because it's an artsy movie. It is really it's, artistically done. It's it's a slow movie. It's one of those, you could say, pretentious movies where they take their time to show off all their pretty shots mm-hmm. and really set the mood for everything. And here's the thing. I, I don't want the audience to think that... I, I think Zach is a little bit better with this stuff than I am. I'm not totally someone who can't get the artistic side of movies, I guess. But I, I think there's a balance. And this movie is really about itself if that makes sense yeah. and i think pretentious is a good word for it well yeah i think i definitely liked it more than you did yeah but i also agree that the balance is off mm-hmm. it's it's really off that's why you, it, i mean even with an artsy movie you still need to be able to enjoy what's going on exactly and like following the events as they progress yeah like there is there's kind of like a a balance between Maybe like having some stuff up to interpretation, but this movie puts everything up to interpretation. Yeah. And there's some stuff in the movie that I can tell is artistically done because there's like an idea behind it or a purpose. But there's some stuff in this movie that's just weird for seemingly no reason. I mean, maybe I'm just, you know, a peasant surf in this industry. But to (laughs) me, I just thought like, wow, that's weird. Why would they add that in? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, But... The movie, the the strengths that it has, I think, it looks amazing. Yeah. Like, when they do take 10 years to get through a shot of something, I mean, it looks good for all 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can feel yourself aging in real time. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then, I mean, I think the costumes were all amazing. I, The coloring in the movie was great. Like, the color yeah, schemes. All, it, the, all the acting was good, too. The acting was good. It's honestly one of the best looking movies I've seen in a while. Right. But that's the thing is that that's really the most of it mm-hmm. because the movie's so slow. The events are so arduous to get through mm-hmm. that it's like we're not really like it doesn't feel like we're progressing through things. No. And another problem, my probably my biggest issue is not that it's slow or that it's has these pretentious shots. It's that I felt like there was no meaning behind a lot of it mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we're, we're doing these, we'll explain the story later, but we're doing these side quests here or we're, we're visualizing these things in a really weird way, but it, there's no connection onto what that actually even means to the right. character. Right. He's just kind of doing stuff as it pops up. Like when he jumps into the, into the lake, mm-hmm. they went all out and it's like, okay, what was I supposed to even be thinking there? Right. Cause I, I think that's when you looked at me. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really over the top. Um, honestly, one of the things that I think is such a loss in this movie is 
like, I mean, we can get into the story, yeah. but you know how after like kind of the setup events happen and then the movie is so slow, right? Mm-hmm. Like it takes its time, but also we skip that whole year yeah, and like nothing happens, I guess. And right. I thought there's supposed to be this big character development of him like training or something like a training arc <laughs> right? to get ready for the quest. I don't know. But like, that wasn't the message of the movie. I know. Like, I know. They went for a totally different angle. Yeah. Cause it wasn't an action movie. It was, but I guess like, it's just like, what up. has he been doing for this whole year? You know, literally nothing. I guess literally nothing. He's been drinking in the bar. True. <laughs> and everyone's like, you're a knight. And he's like, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you're right. Let's, let's, let's hop into this. Let's hop in. So Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Christmas. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, it's set. It's set in Christmas during medieval times, where we're following the nephew of King Arthur, right? The goat. Yes. Yes. So we're following the nephew of King Arthur, and King Arthur is old as shit. Yeah. And it's the son of uh, King Arthur's sister, who's a sorceress, Morgan. Something like Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, yeah. That's his mom. I and another. Okay. Just a side note. Another problem is I feel like I didn't know enough about. Arthurian lore. I feel like I needed all of the background information on these Arthurian legends to even understand what was really happening. Yeah, there's a lot of characters in there, and they just don't tell you who they are. Because, like, what you were saying about Morgan or whoever, like, to me, that was just his mom just knew the dark arts. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And and I was that stuff was more confusing to me. Like I knew who King Arthur was, right? And that's right. all I really had to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm, I'm telling you, everything in this movie is just happens, and it's just interpretation. Like I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure that uh, Merlin was the old wizard man helping you know people out from time to time, but that could have just been some old dude. I don't know. <laughs> they, they didn't ever call him his name. Yeah, he was just kind of around. So it's set in Christmas during these times, and. We're following the nephew, and the nephew is essentially a loser who just drinks all the time and fucks hookers yep. in his spare time. And he, f- they, for Christmas, they all gather with like Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. They all gather to celebrate, and this is where the Green Knight shows up. Mm-hmm. So here's my thing that I didn't understand. Well, I didn't understand a lot of this movie. So, um, Gawain's, oh my God. (coughs) Gawain's mom is not there. Like she, oh my dude, I got something in my throat. Hold up. I got you. So yeah, Gawain's mom is not there and she's like a sorcerer of the dark arts. And what she, and there's this whole drawn out scene where like her and her witch homies are summoning the green knight and for me i was confused because i didn't know why she was doing it right so sorry i i dislodged the bone in my throat um so yeah his mom is the one who initially summons the green knight with like these other witches and but like in the movie you don't really get the sense she's evil like yeah she's just chilling afterwards she doesn't seem to want to like overthrow like, you know what I mean? I don't really know. What the and another is. thing was that when she figures out that her son took up the deal, mm-hmm. it's like she didn't care, which was why I was confused. Part like, of me wonders want, if, like... Did she want her son to do it? Part of me wonders if she wanted him to do it so he could become king, but also there's, like, no guarantee he would have been the one to do it. I mean, that room is full of badass knights. Like, it could have been yeah. any of them. It was very interpretive. Yeah. But... So she summons the Green Knight, which is this big tree beard looking knight. He's pretty sick. Who's really cool. Yeah. Like I loved all the sound design they did with him. Yeah. How he looked. His sound design was really good. Um, so he just rolls up to the round table and makes this deal. It's like a game. That's and how he's game. that's how he's framing it. And the way that it works okay, well, it's really dramatic the way he does it. Like he he hands this letter that whenever Lady Guinevere reads it, it like possesses her and like you can hear his voice through her and everything. It's creepy as hell. Mm -hmm. Also, I just want to say the soundtrack in this movie could have been really good, but it was so over the top in my opinion. Like it was like a horror movie soundtrack almost. Which I didn't mind. I I thought it was too much. I liked the the high orchestra um, 
I mean, I like choir that they went with. I think that could have been really good, but it's just so like the like there will be really slow shots of this movie where nothing is happening and the choir is just belting like their their yeah. pipes are going and it's like, dude, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like it it feels like they're building tension, but nothing is happening. Right. Anyway, I think that's more a subjective thing. It's just yeah, you yeah. liked it or you didn't. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Well, yeah. Don't worry. There's other parts of this movie that are you know actually terrible so we're gonna get to it um but yeah so talk about the deal yeah so basically the way the game works is um i'm like stumbling over everyone's names Gawain takes up the challenge we have to say what the challenge is uh, yeah and the the challenge is like and anyone has to like strike me down and it can be a major blow or like a small scratch and then in a year's time i'll return that challenge to them Whatever you did to me, I'll do to you. Exactly. And they have to meet him at the Green Chapel, which is a lot. He, he uses a, a form of measurement I'm not familiar with. It was like six days to the north or something. Did he, Was it like days or something? Yeah. I thought he said like leagues or something. Anyway, yeah, it's it's a long way away. <laughs> um, And so Arthur suggests that he would be the one to do it, but then... He says, I'm old as fuck, I can't. <laughs> yeah. So Gawain says, Oh shit, Because none do of the it. knights of the round table want to do it. Right. Which is smart. This tree beard looking dude kicks the door down. I'm not fighting. Also, him. it's important to, to mention that before all this, Gawain was talking to Arthur mm-hmm. and they were having a discussion about how Arthur wants to hear one of Gawain's tales. Like one of one of his legends about himself. Mm-hmm. And then Gawain struggles because he doesn't have one. Because he's just a he just drinks around and fucks hookers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was the biggest message for me. That That's like what they set up. Right. Was that Gawain wants to be, you know, the, the idealized knight where you have all these stories about how you slay these monsters and things like that. And so when the challenge comes, Gawain takes it up. Right, right. Because it's also implied that Arthur hasn't really put a lot of effort into his um, relationship with Gawain. Yeah. And so he's kind of trying to build that relationship up more yeah, and give him opportunities to be a knight and stuff. So that's this why... opportunity. Right. So that's why Gawain ends up taking the challenge. And Arthur says something to him before that. He says, don't forget, it's just a game. Yeah. So immediately I'm thinking... This is some tree spirit that just walked in and is letting you get a free shot and just give him like a little scratch. Well, so I was thinking about it and I think that was the point. Yeah. I think Arthur was trying to tell him like, it's just a game. Don't take it seriously and like, behead this motherfucker. Yeah. I think that's what he was trying to say too. He was like, like, don't just go in on this guy. It's just a game. Like, go easy. And then... But Gawain decides to behead them. Yeah. Cuts his, cuts his shit off. And then he responds by just picking it up and laughing and saying, I'll see you in a year, bitch. And then <laughs> yeah. rides out of town. Yeah. When, and I didn't really understand because everyone, all the knights of the round table stood up and were like, yeah, fuck yeah. And I'm just like, dude, that guy rode out. <laughs> this is yeah. not a win. Did you not hear the game? I, th- Yeah, I think it's so, the problem is it's so interpretive. So everything that I can talk about is going to be like, I think this is what they were going for. Mm -hmm. And I think they were going for that. The Knights are stupid and like no one really realized the implications of what he did. You think so? Like, yeah. mm. Or they just thought it was cool to see. They just thought it was beheaded. Yeah. They're like, that's a dope. You're going to be dead in a year, but I, I don't know. Well, that gets into other things for me too. Like, (laughs) but that, so that's the setup. Yeah. So now, so we time a skip year. to a year later. We get the year time skip where Gwen is literally just drinking and fucking hookers the whole time. Yeah. And then on top of that, like everyone's like, dude, it's you're the night Gawain. Like he's so hyped, uh, like in the yeah. local area, you know. But he hasn't really done anything. Yeah. And you can see that it definitely gets to his head. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we don't get a training arc, which is kind of the point. But okay, so here's the thing. So after a year goes by um they're kind of like kidding him up because they're like okay you got to go do this thing you know so he gets you know the sword the axe he gets some armor a cloak um they bless some shield for him they give him all this stuff you know a horse and they set him off to do this thing and i think i again it's interpretive i didn't really understand what they were hoping because I know there were some people who I don't think understood the challenge, but you have people like Gawain's mom 
and King Arthur, who I am sure understood yeah, what was going did. on. Like they knew. And then, and then instead of like, they kind of just sent him and said, yeah, go do the thing. But the way the game works is Gawain goes to die. Like it's not a fight. Because, wait, what were we talking so, about? So yeah, basically <laughs> it's, they're kidding him up. Like he's about to go slay this green knight. But the whole point of him going is to honor the deal of letting the Green Knight return the same blow. Yes. So it's like, okay, well, if you want honor and you want to honor the game, then you die, man. Because you're not picking your head up and laughing and walking out like he did. But what's the point of kidding him up to go do this thing? Because they're acting like he's going to come back. Like They're like, yeah, come back to us. And it's like, dude, how? They don't. don't... But they know the game. Right. But the, the thing is, is like the way I was looking at it was like, they're saying yes, fuck the game now. Die, but or that if he honors the challenge, then maybe he will survive. Oh, like they think if he goes there and bends the knee, then he won't die. Yes. Like they're just it's more of a hopeful or he can bargain his way out of it or something like that. Okay. I see what you mean. Well, because they don't want to just assume he's gonna die. Right. So they kid him up and set him out on his journey. Mm-hmm. And everyone's hailing him as this big hero. You're going to come back after saving the day. With um, honor. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that one. Uh, so he trots off with his horse and his new his new drip, which is pretty drippy. Yeah, he's got you know? some good drip. He looks pretty good. And um, the first thing that his journey... So also, it's important to mention that we see a fox kind of checking him out here and there yeah. as he goes. And then the first thing he comes across is this fucking horrifying battlefield just yeah. full of uh, the aftermath yeah full of dead bodies and there's this guy picking over the corpses and he's just like look at all this free shit mm-hmm. <laughs> you know apparently there was no survivors or just this big conflict where basically no one won and then he's talking to Gawain and he's just asking him, like you know where are you going what you doing blah 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 which is if you have any common sense that's an immediate red flag you know he's asking a lot of questions yeah and then so, Gawain mentions that he's going to the Green Chapel. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh, a, a, a green? A chapel? Well, I know a place like that. It's in that, just go into those woods and follow the stream and you'll find it. Go into that dark alleyway. Ba- that's basically what he did. Yeah. He was just like, go go into that sketchy ass, um, you know, fucking place over there and then maybe you'll find it. And so, Gawain's like, oh, damn, all right. And I immediately thought that was really weird because you know how far this like chapel's supposed to be right yeah so if you know it's five days away or five leagues or whatever what makes you think it's just gonna be around the corner all of a sudden well the the kid was saying that you the stream right over there you follow the stream straight to the chapel and it was like and that was like it was supposed to be like an easier direct route maybe it was my interpretation but it I just felt like he was making it sound like it was like right there. Like he like no, he was gonna see so. it. Maybe maybe I just misinterpreted that, was, that. Yeah. Well, no, I, that's not an interpretation because that's what he said. Uh, well You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Well I I really remember him making it sound like it was close. I yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Gawain's a fucking idiot. Well, yeah, because he just sends him into this forest, basically, yeah. with no path or anything. And then he says, like, you know, isn't that worth anything to you? So Gawain gives him some money and then goes away. Right. And then he gets immediately jumped in the fucking woods. Right. Like any normal person would assume he would be, because that was mm-hmm. sketchy as hell. Yeah. You know? And so they just ransack this man. Mm-hmm. And, take- and I don't really, I actually don't have a problem with any of this. Because it's set up that Gawain is just like a drunken, rich idiot. Mm-hmm. He has no... I, I assume that from when he's talking about he has no tails and he just fucks hookers. That yeah. He just has no life experience. I don't really have a problem with this either. I think this is the realistic outcome of what yeah. would happen with this kind of person. Yeah. So, he, like him getting tricked and getting jumped, like that's a life lesson right yeah. there. I was going to say, like, I thought this was supposed to be a lesson. Yeah, that's where my problem starts. Yeah, but but, but we can get to that. Once. Yeah, so here, so here's the thing. So they they strip him of all of his shit and tie him up next to a tree, right? And they're looking at all of his shit. They've got his chainmail. They've got the Green Knight's axe, which is important. And then um, one of the guy. It's kind of weird because like 
these are a very like crackhead band of pirates or bandits. Yeah. And so like one of the guys just grabs his belt, the chainmail, and his horse and the axe and says, I'll go complete your quest for you and just like rides away. Yeah. And the other two chase him. And it was just kind of like this really surreal, weird kind of character encounter, you know? Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. So they take essentially everything, but they leave his sword. Yeah, like, that's my like problem. perfectly laid out on the floor. So he's able to just worm his way over to it and then cut himself out. This is this is also like this wasn't one of my biggest like problem shots. Like I could see what they were doing, but this was kind of one of those first really long shots of the movie. It's an example of the uh, pretentiousness. Very drawn out. So he's laying there by the tree and it's supposed to kind of represent the passage of time and him realizing that he could die here. Yes. So it pans all the way around and 360 and then you see like a skeleton version of him like he's dead and then it pans back around 360 so it feels like 10 years it's kind of hard to explain when we're just talking about like what's going on that all of these events are happening in like 0.5 speed yeah it's it is hard to explain it's real slow because like you may just be listening to this and like i like oh that doesn't sound that bad like the setup and then this getting mugged but this felt like it took an hour it was a real long time yeah (laughs) Because everything was so it. slow. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, and the whole time you're just like, okay, what are you going to do, man? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But finally, um, he he wiggles over to the sword that was conveniently left there for him and cuts himself out. So this man, it's like it's like the classic video game trope where you start out and you're jacked and then you lose all your shit and you're mm-hmm. in phase. You're back to level one. You're back to level one. So that's kind of what happened to him. And so he's just got his clothes and his sword and he kind of stumbles out of the woods and then this is when we get to the cabin. He finds this abandoned inn sort of looking building. Yes. Like a house. Maybe it's a house. It's kind of hard to tell. This shit is busted. Yeah. Uh, but he he walks in and tries to eat some bread that's just dust, basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's been long gone. He's super, obviously, he's exhausted. So he goes upstairs. And he crawls into this really strange looking bed. Mm-hmm. And that kind of begins our second side quest. Yeah, so he goes to sleep and he wakes up to a woman or yeah like there's a woman there she's like what are you doing in my bed and so immediately she's a ghost yeah 100 she has to be a ghost Mm -hmm. so like she's not like immediately just freaking out or anything or like yeah yeah and this this house is dilapidated like like dude this hasn't been anyone's bed in a while Mm -hmm. sort of thing so he wakes up to the ghost and the ghost essentially asks him hey i'm dead and i need you to grab my head out of the lake out front mm-hmm. to put it back with my body yeah and th- that this is like the second side quest this is wild yeah so she takes him out to this little lagoon in the back and so one of the things we're learning about gawain kind of in increments is that he's not he's not a man of high character well, he's a piece of shit yeah exactly so you have this this poor this poor young woman who has been she basically lays it out that some guy tried to have his way with her at the inn and then obviously she didn't let him and so he gets frustrated and goes to her room and cuts her head off in her sleep so that's her untimely demise and then he throws it in a fucking lake in the back of the house yep so she's asking this supposed to be noble knight to get her head for her yeah and so she can rest and Gawain responds to this side quest by saying what's in it for me and then mm-hmm. she says what well, I think the whole audience was thinking. She said, why would you ever ask me that? <laughs> yeah. She's dead. Do you think she's going to give you money? Yeah. You know what I mean? So she's like, okay, so you're immediately a piece of shit for mm-hmm. asking her that. Yep. Um, and then this is also where we get a really like pretentious shot in the movie. So he, he jumps into this little lake to get the head. That may have had a wormhole in it. He jumps in and then he enters like the space time continuum we it starts off with like him it's like the shot of him jumping in where it's like upside down so it looks like he's coming up was really cool but then they took it too far we start getting some weird lighting which it turns like like really like sickly green and then it's red the next shot and then we see like space like like neil degrasse tyson was about to start narrating like it was crazy looking and then just all these crazy angles and the music is really i mean like yeah, mm-hmm. we said the music was subjective, right. which is true. But for me, I felt like the music was just really strange here too. Like it was adding to the weirdness of the whole thing. Yeah, and it's 
again, really drawn out. I mean, it feels like we're in that so, lake for 10 years. Yeah, so, like, so far, the artistic stuff I've actually liked in this movie. I would say up like, until now, I had to. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that it was slow and it was taking his time and building up the like the world and how everything looks and taking its time like i said but when he enters the lake and he jumps into the the warp drive through the stars mm-hmm. that is when i was like okay here where where what are you what are we doing yeah this was the first time and again i agree with zach like some of it was long but i up until now i feel like there was a purpose and i understood what they were doing but with this i was sitting there and just thinking you're just doing this shit to do it and this is when i looked over at solomon (laughs) and he was like his face was just so pissed i think this is when i realized that this movie was not what i thought it was gonna be yes exactly this is it right here (laughs) this was the turning point yeah so he grabs her head and gets it out and slowly wanders back to the house and puts the head back on the body and one thing that i thought was i think kind of interesting just the way they did it was the place he was sleeping when she wakes him up is the place where her body is when he comes back. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, that's kind of spooky. Yeah. Um, and then he puts her head back. Now, here's the thing. I had a Here we hu- go. So here's the thing. I had a huge problem with this initially. I don't think it's as big of an issue for me now because I've kind of. You got to explain the issue. I've had it. I've cooled down and I've thought about it. Yeah, I will. Um, because it's this is like a very storybook sort of thing to do, I guess. But basically, when he puts the head back on the body. He turns around and then the green knight's axe is there on the column yeah and so i guess she got it for him yes so this is really storybooky but my immediate knee-jerk reaction was how the fuck did she get this axe did she just teleport it out of this dude's hand did she mug him yeah because remember uh the bandit had it and yes. he just rode off with it and this is the axe there's not really like a replacement for it mm-hmm. so it's food for thought i don't have a huge problem with it anymore yeah. But it, it's very, like, very, um, how do you say? Well, I, I always, I keep, when we were talking about it, I always said it's like a fairy tale. Yeah, it came off as, like, a very antiquated, like, way to move the plot forward. And, yeah. And then this is also, like, on a bigger scale. I, this is when I thought this movie was going to be about learning lessons on this journey to the Green Knight. Mm-hmm. And so you had your lesson with the beggars that mugged him. And mm-hmm. then now you have this lesson where a real true knight would do these heroic acts for nothing in return. Right. And then you may just end up getting something. And I think that's what they were supposed to be. I just don't think he learns anything from them. And you see him make these same yeah. mistakes later. Yeah. So, So yeah. So he leaves the, uh, the inn. Mm-hmm. And then... So is this one? Yeah. So so this is when he and the fox kind of become butt buddies. Yes. In between, and there's some cool shots. Um, so basically, the fox that's been watching him, they've kind of become homies. So they're they're road buddies. They eat some mushrooms together and trip out, which that was just in there. Yeah, that was another thing where I was like, did this need to be in here? Where he is trying to find food, and so he accidentally takes some trippy mushrooms. And then starts experiencing visions of the Green Knight, mm-hmm. like appearing in the storm. Like this man is looking, like just down horrendous on the side of a road with a fox, and they're just eating mushrooms, and he's yeah. tripping out. It was just kind of weird for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, we also get some really cool stuff. Like he travels by, like the on, he travels by a mountainside, and in the side of the mountain is the skeleton of a dragon yeah which and one thing that stood out i liked that it wasn't like a, like they didn't just stick this giant dragon in the side of the mountain it was like you had to look and then you realize like wait that's a fucking dragon yeah so essentially after after gawain is down horrendous on this journey you know he's been scraping by for food and resources and whatnot we get to the sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah, this is where the story gets a little wet and wild. It's a little crazy. Um, but he stumbles into this very opulent looking palace, kind of. That's, that's in the middle si- of nowhere. It's sitting, yeah, it's sitting in with no defenses or anything in the middle of this forest. Um, he wakes up in a bed and he finds out that uh, basically the people living here are like this lord who's a hunter, his wife, 
and then grandma. <laughs> and then grandma. <laughs> so, yeah, there's this creepy old lady who never talks. She does not say anything this whole time. And she's got this blindfold on, and she just stares. And she just gives off bad vibes. That was the whole thing. I Tons think. of bad vibes. Really, really bad vibes. And um, <laughs> so he wakes up, and they're helping him, and they're really cool about it. Uh, and they know who he is. They're like, you're Gwen. You're going to go slay the Green Knight. Yeah. And he's like, yep, I'm doing that. So just before we go any farther, they're not, none of this is real. Or that's how I interpreted it. I, th- I think we're both on the same page there. That it, None of it was real, yet it was well, still that's, wild. That's a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I think it was supposed to be a test that he fails. And basically later, I we come to the interpretation that it was, these people are not real. But yeah. for the time being, we don't know that. And so we go through these little weird, he's here for a long time. Yeah. And um, they also say he's closer to the green chapel than he thought he was. Yeah. He's only like a day's journey away. So he's got a few days to just crash here basically. Yep. And so basically we go on these side quests and his wife does like a painting of Gawain, which is kind of a creepy painting. The, the sexual tension between Gawain and this guy's wife is unreal. It is, it is insane. It's, <laughs> It is very evident. Yes. Early on. Um, and the thing is, this dude's just out hunting all day, I guess. Right. So he's just alone with grandma and the wife. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some side things. She, like, gives him a book that she wrote and does a painting of him. And this is all really just to the mount the sexual tensions, yep. basically. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so before the big event, um, it's like after dinner or something. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, like, Gawain and the hunter are talking by the fire, and then the wife and the grandma are, like, knitting or something. This is actually interesting, because this scene has my favorite stuff in the movie, and also my least favorite at the same time. Okay. Which is kind of weird. Yeah. Because, let's start with the good. The good, which is where I even have my interpretation for this whole movie, is that Gawain and the hunter are talking about his quest and the hunter is asking like why are you doing this quest and Gawain says well I want honor and I want to be an honorable knight and then he asks the question does doing one deed make you an honorable man and like I think that is the food for thought you're supposed to get from all this especially later when we have when we flash forward right but no you're right because he he makes the comment um so this one thing is supposed to completely change you and Gawain is under the impression that it is he said yeah, yeah. this is going to make me an honorable man well and i think that's realistic for a lot of people they think mm-hmm. like i do this one thing and i'll 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 work out i'll be a new person yeah and i'll be a new person or i'll i'll do this and i'll be a totally new person yeah. and, and the, that's just not realistic and i love the hunter's comment he says well i can't wait to meet the new you exactly you know that that is my i think my favorite part of this i movie. think that's probably the clearest snapshot we get the whole movie into of what the fuck is going ab- on about why why they're doing these things yes. you know okay and then we get some weird stuff okay so then we have the wife go on this rant about the color green and what it means and what it means and it's trippy and creepy and weird and i didn't really understand and any of it the problem is is i don't know if i'm just stupid but I don't think I'm stupid, and I think she was just ranting. I think it was just pretentious. Because I didn't understand the message well, behind it. Well, she was... Yeah, well, that's the thing. She was ta- So, she's talking about all the variations of the color green. And what they mean. And what... Like, green can mean life, yet at the same time, green can mean rot. Yeah, and death. And she compares all these very abstract concepts to the color green. Like, green is the loss of passion in a dead relationship. Green yeah. is this. And it's like, dude... Holy shit. And <laughs> Calm the, down. The, the biggest problem was I had no idea what that had to do with anything. Right. I, I didn't either. Like, like, and dude, this is a long rant too. Yeah. He does this for a long time. So. Yeah. So it's just, it's like, that's just how I feel about the movie. Oh, keep going, dude. You're good. Um, I'm just I'm just getting it on the stop recording button in case my man fires up the boat over there because it could be really loud. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's just like 
the dichotomy, the two mm-hmm. sides of the same coin. Of this yeah, because I, I agree with you. The conversation, he, the normal conversation he has with the hunter before that is great. Yeah, I, There's some real food for thought there. Mm-hmm. Good on you, A24. <laughs> and then you have Psycho Mistress just going in. On just random subjects. Yeah, just and it's long. And the, and the problem is, is that like with movies like this, I feel like everything is super intentional. Like yeah. you wouldn't just throw that in to throw that in. Mm-mm. So no. they had a clear intention behind having her do this rant. Yeah, but I just, I cannot figure out what it was. Mm-mm. I couldn't and either. This we thought a, about it a lot after too, and we really couldn't nail it. And this is another problem I have with movies that get too artistic is that I don't want to have to watch a YouTube video explaining what that mm-hmm. meant. Right. Because I think there's a fine line between exploring an idea that's complex or abstract, and there's a fine line between just not making that connection to your audience well yeah you know you need to make it clear like do i need to know the deep lore about the color green mm-hmm. and like what it has signified throughout the ages or can to you understand can you just give her some dialogue that maybe fleshes out why she's saying this better which was why the whole conversation about honor was so relatable right and understandable because mm-hmm. that happens across time essentially mm-hmm. exactly yeah it is a is an act of development and i think the thing we see too in that conversation is like um becoming an honorable person involves conscious effort as you go and trying to learn lessons and stuff. And you see him in these opportunities to learn these lessons, but he doesn't really yeah. learn them. So yeah. it's like, you're not going to become an honorable, honorable man at the end of this. You should have, have been growing into an honorable man as we go. It's about the journey and not the destination. Exactly. And, but that whole message is muddled. Yeah. So this Here next part is wild. Here we go. Um. So if you'll remember, he loses the belt. Oh, we didn't really describe. We didn't really describe the importance of the belt that he loses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So his mom does some witchcraft into this this belt, and she essentially puts a rune in it that says "No harm will ever come to you." Mm-hmm. Right? Some real magic shit. Some real magic shit. So she's like, "Wear this, and you'll be fine." As long as you never take it off, harm will never befall you. Yes, and so the belt. Is taken. Yeah, first thing he loses <laughs> the belt. The the wife takes the belt, and then I'm gonna let you take this one. Man, all right. I was kind of hoping you'd take it. <laughs> so here's okay. So audience, just bear with us. Don't shoot the messenger because this is gonna be a little rough. So here's the thing: this sexual tension has been mounting between him and the wife. It is palpable. So he wakes up one morning, and she's in there with just like this fur robe on. And she's just like, why didn't, um, why didn't you come to my chambers last night? <laughs> and this dude is in the spin cycle. He's just like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> and she's coming on strong. Okay. Mm-hmm. She gets on him and everything. She's, she's working. She's in overdrive. The, we're not being subtle anymore. She wants it. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this next part to me was like a red flag that this, there's some sketchy shit or this isn't real going yep. on so the thing is she she's got my man mounted yes. okay and then she's got like she's like i made this like carbon copy belt of the one your mom gave you that you lost you want it you gotta you gotta fuck me for it basically it's well, super it, weird yeah yeah and it the the scene is real uncomfy but basically he he makes the call he, he takes the offer okay and so they start fucking they just start fucking and he, i don't he gets a belt and, you know. So this man blasts a load all over this belt. And then it shows us in 4K. Dude, sh- so we have a lesson here and then we have what we, the the graphics that we saw. <laughs> yes. So so she says something, which is fair afterwards, which also insinuates this is like a test. But yeah. she, after my man is done, she says, you're no knight. Yes. And gives him the belt. But also like smears my man's own load across his hand which is just so uncomfortable to watch yeah i I looked at zach and just disbelief my mouth agape (laughs) yeah it was it was wild yeah so here's here's another example where it's like i think they're trying to test him about lust Mm -hmm. and like a true knight would never sleep with another man's wife exactly got it a man who's you know who took you in and everything did you have to show us his his load out on the belt and him like wringing it out essentially i'm, I'm gonna say no i'm gonna i think we <laughs> yeah, skipped it i got the that's something i could have interpreted yeah yeah I, I i you could have left that to my imagination and i would have been so fine with that but yeah. 
But no, we saw we saw it. And then we also find out that creepy blind grandma was watching the whole thing. And my man's <laughs> yeah. and my man's fight or flight kicks in visibly. Like you can see this man's yeah. heart rate increase and he is he's out. Yeah, he's leaving. So he grabs all of his shit and he, he runs out of this castle. And um so he, this next part is weird, but I think he shed some light on it. I didn't really get it at first, but he runs into the hunter. Oh, we didn't discuss the deal Hunter makes with him. Like the what, what game. When they're at the fireplace and they're talking, the hunter says tomorrow, um, this is, this is pre when he fucked his wife. Uh, he says, let's play a game tomorrow. I'm going to go out and find you the most magnificent beast tomorrow. And in return, you can give me something of yours that you have found within these halls. And oh, Gawain yeah. says, I forgot about that. Yeah. And Gawain says, well, what would I find out here that isn't already yours? And then he gives some cryptic ass message like, oh, there's a many, many things to be found amongst these halls or some shit like that. Which is that is... the lesson? He needs to teach him the lesson? I don't really know. the thing he found in the halls? He didn't learn shit, man. I completely forgot about that because mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with anything. So that's the thing. Um, we find a, uh, so he runs out into the woods and runs into the hunter. And the hunter has killed some beast of legend, like some, some <laughs> yeah. fiend or something from the witcher. Um, and so he's like, where are you going, man? And Gwen is just, quivering like uh, just fucked his wife yeah um and so he's like well i'm i'm going off to do my quest i have to make my appointment and he's like all right and then he like walks over to gawain and says like what about our game and gawain says i i don't have shit for you man i don't have anything Mm -hmm. and then the hunter says i don't think that's true and then leans over and kisses gawain (laughs) and this i thought it was funny yeah but but gawain says like like he's like shaking he's like unhand me <laughs> which i'm <laughs> not convinced i'm not convinced that man was having second thoughts about so, leaving yeah so i think this was another test of lust i guess mark? like my my man already failed the first one you know yeah the lesson was not learned i i, in, I interpreted this as just another test of lust but with a man i think so like a big beefy hunter yeah i think i think you're probably right about that I'm not going to put too much thought into it. Yeah, so, but he says, unhand me. It's so sus. And then, this is something you brought up that I also, I think I agree with, is that the hunter just gives Gawain the fox that he had Mm -hmm. and then just lets him go. He's like, I caught this thing for you and I was going to give it to you as a gift, but we should return him to the wild. And then he lets the the fox go that's been with him the whole time. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like, okay. I, I don't know why he wouldn't have killed the fox. I, I don't know. Oh, another thing that I just thought about is that, like, during this whole stay at the mansion, there's, like, it shows these old-timey medieval paintings mm-hmm. of the the hunter hunting the fox. And then the hunter hunting Gawain. And then the hunter hunting Gawain. Like, that that's I, that's supposed to show us, like, this is a threat, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I read it something as. Something sus is going on here. Yeah. I but, thought it was... But I felt like that was never explored. Mm-mm. No. It, it, it was a constant thing while he was at this sex dungeon, and it's never really built on. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, and one thing was, like, I was always... I, I was really suspicious of the fact that he was like, dude, you've got, like, four days before you got to be there, and you're so close. I thought it was going to be, like, a trap. Yeah. Like, I thought... They were going to try to keep him there with, you know, all these, like, temptations and stuff. And then he leaves and realizes, dude, you were three days away from the the Green Chapel. And they told you you were one. Yeah, so now you got to book it. Exactly. But that, again... that didn't really happen. No. I mean, they they didn't lie to him Mm -hmm. at any point. He just... So he he leaves. Is this this where he sees the giants? He saw saw the giants before this, but we can back up. (laughs) Okay. Well, at some point in this journey... He come across. He comes across these stone giants, mm-hmm. and it's like it's really cool to see. And I liked it, but it had nothing to do with anything. Right. It was, it was cool. I mean, they were like a. It was a great migration of these giant stone, these giant stone giants. Yes. Um, and he's trying to hitch a ride on one of their shoulders, and mm-hmm. he tries to talk to one of them. Yeah. And then it looks like this giant is just saying shut up and is about to just smush him. Yeah. But then the fox comes in and does some spirit call to the giants. Yeah, like giant's tongue. Or something. And then all the giants echo that same call. Okay. And this is where I was confused because then we get 
we transition to a shot where he's walking with the fox in a new location and you see the giants in front. So does that just imply the giants gave him a ride? No, I don't think you don't, so. You don't think he did? You don't think they I did? I think he had to follow them. Okay. And he was just following them. I wasn't sure. I think. I didn't know what any, I didn't know what the call meant. I didn't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know either, but like on a, Hmm. On a surface level <laughs> view, I liked it. I liked having going through this fairy tale adventure, and you're like, you you have an encounter with the giants. It was cool. Well, that's the thing. Like I I thought as I was watching it, this is so cool, and mm. they made it weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was like, dude, this could have just been cool. You could have just left it. You know. Right. So now we get to the Green Knight. Yeah. So well, we get yeah. So he's. Right. He's close to the Green Chapel. This is when the fox tries to stop him. Oh, oh okay. I knew this fox was going to start talking at some point in the movie. Yeah, this so is, the, fox, the fox just starts talking. This is this is clearly a, a fox of magic origin. It's so fluffy and cute. But <laughs> basically, so here's the thing. In my, this was something that I gleaned from the the movie, which I don't think it was the primary lesson, but I thought it's it's interpretive. It man. was my interpretation. So the he gets to the creek that separates the Green Chapel from like. The main area basically so mm-hmm. once he crosses he's in and basically the fox turns around and stops him and says I, i'm gonna paraphrase here because he says he says it much more artfully than i but the box the fox basically says i am you know i am of old magic and i am familiar with this green knight that you're going to face he you know he's he's of the oldest strongest magic you have no hope of winning against him the only thing that lies across this river for you is is doom and destruction and he says, "There's, there's, there are greater men than you, who should turn away from this, and there would be no shame." And he says, he basically says, "Like, come back with me." He says, "Come home with me." Yes. And here's the thing. At this point, I feel like the fox is the only one who actually gives a shit about Gawain's well-being. Yep. Like, it's the only one who has stopped him and says, like. Like, Arthur saw this man decapitate the Green Knight and just sends him on his way to go mm-hmm. face him again. And the fox says, don't do it. It's There's nothing good that can come of this for you. Just come home with me. Right. You know? And I thought the lesson here was just because you have all of... Because the whole thing is Gawain is convinced by these other people who, in my opinion, don't really give a shit about him that he's going to do this. He's going to go on this fool's errand and come back a different man. Right. And he's going to do it for honor. Yeah. But this is a stupid game. There's no honor to be found in it. He's just going to go here to die. Exactly. And so the, my, my interpretation of the one message maybe was that you don't have to listen to other people tell you to do something just because they think it's what you're supposed to do. You know, mm-hmm. like, like you should consider what this means for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and is it the Which best be thing for message. you to do? You know, the problem is, I well yeah, it happens. They they just didn't run with that. Which exactly. Could, which is a good message that could have been in this movie. Mm-hmm. That like I like that idea, but they just didn't do that. Yeah, they did something different. We we run with something a little different later. <laughs> so here's the thing, and I think this is just another shit in the shit sandwich that's Gawain's character, which is the point I think. But yeah. um, after this, Fox expresses like real genuine care for Gawain's character. Gwen gets pissed at the fox for questioning his honor or some bullshit and like takes a swing at him with the axe trying to scare him away. The fox is the fox understandably is like, what the fuck, man? And then the fox runs off. We don't see the fox again. Yeah, it's um, that's the last time we see the fox, which, you know, good. Fuck you, Gwen. Like, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back and find you either. Piece of shit. So Gwen hops in this boat, floats down the river and then goes to this chapel. He's a day early because his his sexual encounter with the wife caused him to leave early, understandably. Mm -hmm. So he gets to the green chapel and the green knight is suspended in these vines. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah, it's cool. He's suspended in these vines in this old, like in deep slumber. Yeah. Dilapidated church in wait. So Gawain has to wait there for a whole night. And, um, eventually he wakes up. Okay. I would just like to throw in here because it's hard to explain how artistic this movie is, but we just look at, the green knight who is hibernating mm-hmm. and Gwen sitting there staring at him for like five or it felt like 20 solid minutes. It This did feel like real time. This is another one of those really long shots mm-hmm. where I feel like I experienced the entire day. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could, you could just switch it from day to night and we would understand that 
the time that has passed. Mm-hmm. No, but they decided. But I saw the stars move. I saw the, <laughs> the planet rotated. We did the whole thing. So the Green Knight finally wakes up, <laughs> and I think this is one kind of the le- kind of kind of a lesson, and also two. I just thought it was funny because the Green Knight wakes up and he's like, "Oh shit, you came!" <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was gonna happen. And Gwen's like, "Well, I'm I'm ready to be. I'm ready to be not a piece of shit." Yeah. <laughs> so let's do this. So he's like, "Kneel." Mm-hmm. So Gwen kneels down, and the knight's like, "I'll make it quick." <laughs> and here we go. And then Gwen, Gwen's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah. And he says, "Is this really all there is?" And right. the Green Knight says, "What else would there be?" Exactly. And that's the that's the thing. That's like like bro, throwing your life away for this, meaningless honor. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah, man, this was the game. This was a stupid fucking game. Like you can have whatever idea you want on how this would go where you don't get your head chopped off. Mm-hmm. But this is it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you are doing this entirely for other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so here's the thing. This is all pers- perspectival, the way they do this. But what we see is after Gawain shits his pants a couple times, about to get his head cut off, he says, no, wait. <laughs> um, he, sa- he says, fuck this i can't do this right and he runs away yep goes back upstream his horse is there which is pretty cool <laughs> yeah his horse is just there it was like in the winter when you whistle yeah yeah so he he summoned his spirit horse and rides back so this is when we get kind of like a flash forward of the consequences of this of choice this timeline so and here's the thing i think this is really cool Yes. The way they do it. Yeah. And I think we see that Gwen has not learned shit. Yeah. During it's this. like a it's like a um a montage of his life mm-hmm. and like how this choice has led to the other choices that he's gonna make. Right. And they do it in a really cool way, and we see him continue to fuck up. So he goes back, he finds his kind of like hooker girlfriend. I, we didn't even talk about the girlfriend, which was a huge Oh part. my god. The conversation they have with each other. Where okay, we're gonna back up just just a little bit because I think this is important. Yeah. But so we get a scene before it's kind of a flashback. Or no, this is before he goes on the quest. Yes. This is before he goes on the quest. So he's got kind of like this bath winch hooker girlfriend, <laughs> but they're like a thing. I this peasant surf creature. <laughs> yeah. And basically she keeps saying, like, when you come back, can I be your lady? Like, will you make me your wife? I want to stand next to you. I want to have your ear. I love you. She's basically like, What are we? And Gwen's like, Damn, that's crazy. Gwen doesn't say shit. He won't even look her in the eye. And she's just like, oh my God. He doesn't give <laughs> yeah, a shit about that me. That was brutal. Yeah, dude, that silence was brutal. The silence was deafening. <laughs> yeah. It was rough. And yeah, and you get this other glimpse into Gwen. Like, he won't say anything. He's not just like, he doesn't even try to smooth it over. I mean, he just, he puts it out there. I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> yeah. And she's still just like, damn. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to be something with you. So back to where we were so yeah he comes back he comes back after pussying out and and so she got pregnant he gets her pregnant well first he becomes king yeah so yeah so i guess at this point it looks like king arthur's really sick so he gives him the sword yep and then makes him king king. and then it turns out his hooker white his hooker girlfriend is pregnant yep so here's the thing she gives birth and then king Gawain takes the child and just drop some coins like and thanks and dips and, dips and it, it is clear that she's not a, he's abandoned her yeah but he takes the kid because it's his um we also get this weird thing where the child is, is born as a stillborn but then uh merlin like brings it back to life with like a jesus touch yep don't really know what that was <laughs> bro yeah hey merlin's aging like a fine wine we he's still also, alive we also basically saw the whole like birthing the process time, the whole fucking time of this birthing process it was long and just i just i it's hard to explain when we're just reviewing it that this movie was slow it's even we've, we've just been blasting through events but like these events mm-hmm. are slow and the thing is too like the this like last portion of the movie that we're breaking down for you guys is like a sped up summary of events but it's like normal time. Yeah, we're like, like this back is to like, normal time. This is like the pacing of a normal movie, <laughs> and they they believe it's quick. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so after he after he does this winch dirty, um, he marries this uh he marries like this 
prominent another, queen princess sort of looking another land person or something. this is i mean just an aside the cinematography during this whole thing is amazing yes it looks good it's really cool the caught i mean the the wedding dress she wears is oh, sick yeah, it was awesome. it's really cool yeah i mean it's just like damn you guys put so much effort into these costumes and it shows it's really mm -hmm. cool and then we see a flash forward of like the kingdom is at war and Gwen's sitting around with his generals making battle plans and you see his son is getting a little bit older Okay, hold on. As a side note, we we follow uh, King Gawain as he walks through this battlefield, and it is awesome. It is sick. So that's after this. So oh, oh. his son's a little bit older. Like he like accidentally knocks over the pieces on the board, and oh, then oh, and then yeah. Gawain like gives him his hand, and then we cut to Gawain walking on this this battlefield is looking medieval as fuck. It is sick. There's like trebuchets exploding they're, they're in like, the background. Yeah, and they're like firing these flaming rocks and like wars going the down. The acoustics are, I mean like like the sound design of this shot is cool too. Like, I feel like I was there. It was like, ba-boom! Yeah. Like, the trebuchets were exploding it and shit. It was super sick. It was an expensive shot. Yeah, and this, this felt like what we could have gotten and dude yeah with this amazing and, cinematography and yeah, sound dude th that's what i was about to say th i thought this was what the movie was gonna be yeah Gawain is walking he's got this badass armor with robes with the crown in the background it's the back shot of him and the boys walking up as all this shit is going down and it's super cool but then it's kind of yes. fucked up and sad because then he walks into the tent and it turns out his son has has been injured horribly and is going to die yeah because of his decisions right so that's pretty fucked and it's sad <laughs> yeah. but it's it's another product of Gawain's bad decisions mm -hmm. and then we flash to him returning to the kingdom and we get the sense that he is not popular with, with yeah, the they're, like, they're literally throwing shit at they're him. throwing shit at him and on top of that it's evident that they're losing this war yes okay when their trebuchets exploded it's not looking that was good. the main artillery right yeah <laughs> yeah so we we flash forward even more, and Gwen is looking old. It looks like this war has been going on for a very long time, and it has dragged them down. Yeah, and Gwen is looking strung out. Mm -hmm. um, he's got his wife and baby on the throne with him, and the castle's under siege. They're they're audibly trying to knock this door down to get in, and you see him s sitting there. The wife takes the baby to try to like go to like a safe room or something. I'm guessing, mm -hmm. but Gwen just sits there staring See, and contemplating th this is something that i actually really liked visually i thought this last chunk of the movie was great yes because all of this there's like very little words and it's all visually but i understood exactly what they were going for mm -hmm. and so when he's sitting on and the, the throne, it was so good to have the pacing sped up just a little bit yeah so when he's sitting on the throne in the end and so he's got like his mom behind him and he's got his wife and his his new kid mm -hmm. and like so the men are breaching the doors and they're mm -hmm. banging them down yeah and like he's got minutes so they're breaking down the doors and as the as they're like making their way through you watch as the, his loved ones like his mom and his wife are leaving him yeah like they're they're dipping and then you get you finally end up with this shot of him just alone in the throne and and he this this man looks tired yeah and i think it was a really good visual way of representing like where his decisions got him yes and he's he's sitting here he has the throne Yet he is strung out mm -hmm. and he is alone with no friends or loved ones and in the end. this is when you realize that this piece of shit should have never become king. Yeah. Which and, is obviously the message. And so... That he, quest did not change him. He, uh, he like, rips his This next part off. is weird. So, yeah. So, he's still... Dude, okay. <laughs> we haven't got to the twist yet. So, here's the thing. Before this, too, it's very clear that this man... The belt stays on during sex. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I think he's paranoid. He's has he's like yes. he's like overcome with paranoia that if he takes the belt off, he's gonna die. But here's the thing. So at the end where they're knocking the door down, he pulls the sash off. And yeah. I think this is representative, but when he pulls it off, his head falls off. Yes. Like when he was supposed to be beheaded all those years ago. Right. So he dies. But wait, there's a twist. There is a twist. This was all just in his head question mark like a flash forward of the consequences because, of leaving because we are brought right back to when he's kneeling in front of the green knight mm -hmm. and so we're like oh shit the perspective is kind of like he saw this yes or this is or maybe he had a vision of what would happen uh -huh. not really clear but um he decides hold on let me take off this 
sash that protects me mm-hmm. and let's get to business. Right. And then the movie ends with the Green Knight saying, okay, let's get to hacking. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then it's over. Yeah. And that's the we, movie. We interpret that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, okay. So after going through all that, I liked this movie. It was slow. It, we got lost. We took a side quest in mm-hmm. its own plot. Like, yeah, we, it took a long time to get there, but I liked the messages in this movie, although muddled and they could have been clearer and it could have been done quicker. I liked it. Um, a lot of the stuff about honor I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. and um, going through these challenges and the realization that one deed can't just make you an honorable man. Right. Stuff like that. I found really interesting. I also like the idea behind the sash holding you back in a way where it's like if you have this protective shield around you, you you can't really go all the way out there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he held this sash on at all times, even during sex, like you said. And so he was never really put to the test, you could say. Right. In right. a way. And then in the end, he finally takes it off to face whatever's coming at him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would give it a six. Okay. Okay. Which is hard carried by the cinematography and like the sound design and things. Yeah. So... I echo a lot of your sentiments. Um, <clears throat> I think I have less of a problem with the interpretation side of the movie um, because I have enjoyed thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the point. Yeah. You know, so I don't mind that. I just think, I just think there are some key elements of the movie and design of like, oh god, okay, I'm sorry. There was this like dinosaur bird that just swooped down <laughs> on us. I'm I'm so sorry. I lost my train of thought. That thing was huge. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I think it was really big. But basically, what I was saying is, I think so much of this movie is good. Like the cinematography is great. I think the ideas in the movie are great. The acting is wonderful. It looks amazing costumes good i can even see why someone would like the soundtrack like i think zach does like it more than i do mm-hmm. it's a really subjective thing mm-hmm. but i just feel like to a degree that's frustrating its own artistic um application gets in its own way yeah if that makes sense and it's like frustrating because like dude i am so close to liking this yes <laughs> i'm so yes. close to enjoying what you're doing but you keep doing these weird things that just like keep killing the moment for me right and it's just slow i need to feel some progression going you know if you're a real like artistic movie snob maybe you will like this but like i really think there's like a balance because i feel like at the end of the day this man is still on a quest and i still want to see something transpire well th- well that's the problem when you do these super artsy movies is that you lose the story mm-hmm. in a way where there's a huge imbalance, like you said, between having these artsy shots and all these interpretive messages. But at the same time, we're not watching anything progress or happen. Mm-hmm. And it feels that makes that to me is the problem. Right. Is that not that it is artsy or anything like that? Because I like, I personally mm-hmm. like those kinds of movies, but they have to be doing something. Right. And like we said, there's examples of like good artistic moments in this movie. And then there are some that are just wild. Like we don't know why there's we always go back to the lake because he jumps into the lake. It was crazy. And he just goes on this essentially it's like an acid trip in this lake. Yeah. This man like astrally projects himself among the stars. That was just to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. That it didn't mean anything. Like there wasn't like it had nothing to do with what was going on. Right. Like happened. Like another example is like when it the camera spins for an hour Mm -hmm. and we see him dead and then it spins back. And then he's alive. Like I can understand what they were trying mm-hmm. to do there. I don't think it had to be as long. Yeah. But I, but I understood why. Well, that's the thing. At least you can be like, okay, mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. Like I'm pretty. Yeah. Like he's visualizing his own death if he never leaves this place. You know. But then another thing is when he just finds mushrooms on the side of the road and trips and starts seeing the green knight like appear in the storm. Mm-hmm. Why do we do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he could have just had like a nightmare or something. Yeah. You know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, he was dripping. He was seeing like mushrooms go out of his hands and shit. Yeah, it was cr- it was it was just weird. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. So when I when I saddle up to watch a movie about an old Arthurian legend, I don't expect mushroom trips. 
Yep. That's you know, and it, it just felt like it was just weird to be weird at certain points. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, there are things about this movie I really like. I think it's held back heavily. And I think my biggest frustration is what it could have been. Yeah. If A24 could have just maybe reined it in at a few spots mm-hmm. and pivoted towards pushing, clarifying what they're trying to do in a few places more, yeah. it could have been great. But I think because of all those things, I got to give it a six. I'm on the, yeah. I honestly thought you would give it a higher score. Because no. I think a six is, I think a six well, is a good thing. score. Here's, here's one thing. I do not want to watch that movie again. Well, that's the thing. I wasn't bored when I was watching it, um, but I would never watch it again. Nope. Solomon's like, hey, you want to go watch The Green Knight? I'm like, no. I yeah. don't want to do that again. Yeah. it's It feels tedious. It kind of feels like you're clocked in at some points. Because you just got to <laughs> yeah. get through to figure out what's... to Not figure out, but I guess to formulate an opinion on what you think is happening. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of a slog at some points. And it's it's kind of a longish movie, isn't it? How long was it? It like, was like two hours and something. Two hours and like 15 minutes or something like that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a short movie. So, you're strapped in for a full-length feature film. Yeah, and then... Well, the thing is, is like, oh, we could watch it again and maybe we pick up on all these different things and all these different interpretations of things. But to me, there's no payoff. Yeah. So, but it is such a brutally slow experience Mm -hmm. that it's not worth it. Exactly. And like, I think, I think rewatch value comes from different things to everyone. Yeah. But like, for me, movies that I like to rewatch are like, like some of the Marvel movies and stuff, because I like that feeling of my favorite characters doing good things and being badass and like yeah. making me feel good, I guess. You know, I want to like relive those feelings, but like nothing in the Green Knight really made me feel good. Like I understood what mm-hmm. they were doing, but like it's not the sort of movie that you want to rewatch because you love Gawain or you love what's happening. It's kind of yeah. like, okay, so moral of the story, Gawain's a piece of shit. And it's probably a good thing he dies. That's kind of the yeah, only thing that we come out of here with. It two hours to get there. Exactly. exactly. Well, yeah, that's another thing. Is like, for me, movies are like escapism in a way. Where mm-hmm. Like, we fly around. to a lot of people there. That's kind of the point, right? But with this movie, you're just stuck with your own thoughts on things. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, but I'm not going to do that again. Mm-hmm. And, like, Gawain is kind of just like, I think if you took some selfish, rich, like, self-absorbed fuck out of off the street and try to make him a knight he'd probably be exactly like Gwen. yeah you know which and that's another thing is that i didn't mind any of the characters or anything mm-hmm. like i don't think any of them were bad no, i don't no, no. think any of them made like ridiculously i'm dumb. definitely just not re-watching this for Gwen. yeah you know? exactly it, yeah yeah that, that that's yeah. a good way to put it yeah but anyway i yeah so do those scores what you will i think it's pretty rare good cop and bad cop line up which tells me it's a good score i think it's a fair score yeah i don't i don't see myself recommending this to anyone except if you are like you have to you have to know what you're getting into yes if you are intrigued do not just like show someone the trailer and be like buckle up dude yeah don't take the trailer for face value it's a bait it is a bait i it feels kind of dishonest and scummy if i'm if i'm really getting into how i feel about it yeah it feels well, they have to sell the movie some way. How the uh, well, fuck do you sell this thing. movie? But like, they're selling this movie to people who want like this adventure tale, I guess. Yeah. And then you get all these people who like that kid. Oh, that yeah. kid in the bathroom. Like uh, he was so with his dad. I went and- to the bathroom after the movie, and I was standing there, and this this um this dad and his kid walked into his bathroom, and uh <laughs> the kid just turns to his dad and he goes, "Dad, that was so boring," and his dad was just like, "Yeah." I know. And it's like, yeah, I think, I mean, I enjoyed it kind of for what it was, but I think if you're not into this kind of stuff, you're, you're not, not going to. And they, it. dude, and the thing is, if as a kid, if I saw that trailer, I would totally recommend that to my dad to say, like, that we're watching this. This looks awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I would be like that kid. I'd be super disappointed afterwards. So, because nothing happens. Because nothing happens and it makes it seem like stuff is going to happen. So, you know, that's just kind of our two cents on it. If you, are interested in artistic movies maybe give it a shot see what you think mm-hmm. but if you're if you're more into i don't want to use the word mainstream i if you're just not into that level of artistic application i'd say skip it so yeah i have to agree yeah hey but thank you guys for joining us in gulf shores for this episode of the quality control show um we will catch you next time we're continuing our gulf shores bonanza so we're gonna <laughs> have a bunch of specials coming up including naruto the Suicide Squad. Naruto. And, oh uh, and other things. So stick with us and we'll see you later. See Bye. you guys.